Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. And welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it may be by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we're talking about Can't Handle the Weight, which was released in the US on June 12, 1998, and in the UK as a video premiere in November 1999, but I can't find the exact date. It was written and directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. It stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ethan Embry, Lauren Ambrose, Seth Green, Jenny Elfman, and pretty much everybody. So, everyone's on this. <laughs> so what will happen is this. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each. They could be major problems or they could be silly, pointless ones. We will take turns going through them one at a time, and neither knows what the other has picked. At the end, we'll both also have one positive thing to say about the movie each. So, Jimmy, do you have any history with this movie at all? Uh, I saw it in video back in '99. Um, because I really did like teen movies back then. I don't know why, but but I did. It's because they're great. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I generally did like teen movies, so I would rent out any new releases. I've uh, seen this a couple of times since. Apart from that, I don't really have any affection for it. I like it. I don't hate it. It has some good moments in it, and the cast are good. Yeah, um, I enjoy it, though. Uh, There's no point in asking you what you think. Um, you love this movie. I do love this movie. I mean, I love most of the 90s teen movies. Uh, I did see this one. I'm sure I saw it opening weekend. I know it was one of the first movies I saw with my husband uh, when we were in high school. And uh, it was one of the first DVDs I had because I would only buy DVDs that had special features. And this had a commentary that had a bunch of people, but it had Seth Green on it. And that was very important to me. All right. Yeah. He spoke in a British accent for 20 minutes, and I legit thought he was British. Um, (laughs) And it's so funny because later they put out a 10-year anniversary DVD, and they did new commentary, and uh, Peter Facinelli was on it, and they were all drinking margaritas, and he got stupid drunk, and it was awkward. Um, So it it has two of the most memorable commentaries. But yeah, like I would watch like every special feature. I watched it so many times over the years, and um, I didn't – when I watched it this morning i realized it'd been a while so there was some stuff that i'd forgotten um and it's a it's a sloppy well i'll get into it with my first problem but like there's some sloppiness there um but i still really like it yeah <laughs> and the soundtrack's great oh yeah the soundtrack is great well that's fair enough uh, i probably just watched it back in the day because of jennifer love hewitt and it's so 90s it's so nice. Like, it, you think of a WB show, and I can find you, like, three people from this movie that were in it. Yeah. Um, I even, there were things I noticed this time I had noticed before. Like, um, the guy from the Buffy episode, uh, Never Kill a Boyfriend on the First Date. Th- that boyfriend was in this. Like, well, Owen. Yeah. 
Oh, I get this. Yeah, he hits on Jennifer Love Hewitt at one point. Like, he's a creepy, horny guy. Like, I think his credit is actually, like, horny guy number two or something like that. Right. But, um, <laughs> like, between all the actors in this and then all the music in this, it is so 90s. And the fashion. Yeah. And I was just surprised at just how many Buffy people are in it. I mean, Amber Benson's in it very briefly. Well, that kind of leads into, do you want me to talk about my first problem? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Okay, so my first problem is this entire movie. <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. This movie, the studio wanted to make it PG-13, which is understandable because it's a teen movie and you want all teens to be able to go see it, right? Yeah. But they had to cut out so much stuff for it to be PG-13. And even when I saw this, like, no, no matter how much I've always loved this movie, I something always felt off about it to me. Yeah, so much. So many noticeable edits in there. And it's it's because it was supposed to be R. And I was always convinced, like, there's this, this R-rated cutout there somewhere that I'm obsessed with seeing. Because, okay, first of all, Amber Benson's the stone girl who is not only in multiple scenes, but she and Seth Green had a scene together. Uh, yeah. And which, for Buffy fans later, that would have been quite the treat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then credits. Uh, there's photos of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has one at the end credits and she's holding a banana and uh, that would have made more sense if she had actual lines. Yeah. Then Jennifer Lee Cox, who is best known for playing um, Jan in the Brady Bunch movies, she played a character called Crying Drunk Girl. <laughs> and Crying Drunk Girl knows all the information anyone needs, but she's crying so hard no one can understand her. <laughs> So she knows they're stuck in the bathroom. Right. She like if Preston's looking for Amanda, she knows where Amanda is. Like she knows everything. But she and you can see her crowd surfing um during Paradise City. Oh, yeah. Um like you can catch her in a few little spots, but she she really isn't in the movie. Like Crying Drunk Girl, I I had my live journal back in the day it was called Crying Drunk Girl. <laughs> um like, I was just obsessed with the idea of this character that knew everything but couldn't say. And there were other things like um, Jason Segal. You can see this in the trailer um, that he he comes in and he has the watermelon and he said he put seven bottles of vodka in it yeah. in September and it's been in his freezer. And then someone bumps into him and it goes to the floor and breaks. Um, like there's just, there's just these little, like Jason Segal, I guess was in more of the movie. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I've always wondered what would that R cut be like and when the 10th anniversary dvd came out i was like surely they're gonna put a director's cut here and they did not and at one point i became so obsessed i started bugging um harry elfont one of the directors about it on twitter (laughs) and i was like surely can't really wait fans must be obsessed with this because i was like this must be a known thing if i know it which is just I'm, i'm just a nerd um and he didn't know where it was. He said he thought he might have a VHS copy in the back of a closet somewhere. Um, no matter how much I asked, he would not go and try to find it for me and send it to me. Um, and he made it very clear it's never going to see the light of day. Uh, because he's pretty, like, he's not, he really doesn't know if there's even a copy anywhere. And it, it didn't, it didn't even seem like he really, rem- like, it was like, it was something that he'd forgotten about. Like, I was reminding him, right. which, like, I always thought that this must be something that always bugged them, but I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> and he was really nice about it. Like, he seemed flattered that I was so obsessed. 
But <laughs> I, that was my last chance to like try to see if there were like, I just needed to know if I would see it someday. So that's my biggest problem with this movie is that while I understand why it's PG-13, I think there was a much better movie in it. Yeah, I, I think Sony, who released it through uh, Columbia Pictures, they were nervous about it being R because American Pie hadn't happened yet. Yeah, and I was about to say that, that like if American Pie had come out first, I wonder you know, if they would have tried an R for this. But it, it's such a bummer because I... I don't know. I just, it's kind of like how Josie and the Pussycats is, is such a fun movie that has like something actually substantial to say, but it just didn't come out at the right time. Like yeah. Josie and the Pussycats would kill now, I think. Yeah. Um, and these, and th- those are the only two movies these guys have directed. And I feel bad because I think that they, they're very smart. They're very clever writers and they just haven't had a career that I think they should have. Yeah. I noticed that there were a couple of edits in it that didn't make sense to me. Um, there's mm-hmm. a scene where the girl whose party it is, she's annoyed, uh, someone has ruined the family photo, mm-hmm. and uh, Kenny says it was a foreign exchange student, and she says that foreign little dick, but mm-hmm. the last word is obscured by someone shouting. So it's that foreign little... Um, so that's one edit, and then there's another one where the same girl opens the fridge door, and she's disgusted by what she sees, and then shuts the door again. Okay. Uh, there's a weird camera, like, flash transition, and she walks away. That makes me think there was something cut there. There's a point where, uh, Mike originally was taking a shot of tequila, Mm. but because they wanted to make a PG-13, they had to change it in post to a lemon. It's, which is so weird, like, I hate... The rating system sometimes is just so stupid because they don't want to show teens drinking hard liquor, but they will show them drinking beer. And I'm just like, there's already underage drinking. Like, why not just go let them go all the way? It's so crazy, which I'm sure is why the watermelon thing was cut out. Yeah, he's on one scene eating the watermelon. And it's so funny because listening to the commentaries, I have an innocent mind, so I did right. not realize what he was doing with the watermelon. <laughs> and I was listening to the commentary, and the directors didn't even connect it at the time either, if I, if I remember correctly. But it's like, he is doing some lewd stuff oh, yeah. to that watermelon. Yeah. It is crazy. And the guy that's sitting next to him goes on this whole thing about Velma from Scooby-Doo. But he's he's just copying... A thing that uh, Rory Cochran's character says in um, Dazing Infused about Martha Washington. Oh, God, right. this this movie, I, I just, there's so many funny people in it. <laughs> like, the cast is insane. The people in just like the tiniest roles. It's crazy. And every time I watch it, there's someone new that I recognize. Like there's one of the moms from Riverdale is in it. <laughs> yeah. And I was Oh, that's new to me. Yeah, just so many. It's so crazy how many people are recognized this time around. With Buffy and um, Six Feet Under alone, yeah, you have so many people that are in this movie. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. 
Comcast Business gets you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Yeah. <laughs> what was your next problem? Right. Preston is an entitled douchebag. <laughs> now. I was taking a drink <laughs> and I almost spilled out. <laughs> Now, he's obviously not as bad as the jocks because it's a teen movie, but I just didn't find her very likable. Oh, no! I know, I'm sorry. I'm with Denise the entire time here, um, but the movie needs him to win at the end. Uh, I just hate that Preston gets Amanda yeah. at the end. I think um, it would have been better if they just left her single with uh, her saying, maybe I should just be single for a while. The story should have ended there. Well, this this was the first time I watched it, and at the end I was like, oh, they shouldn't get together because she just got out of a four-year relationship, yeah. and she's 18, so that's like a huge chunk of her life, and he was her first boyfriend, so maybe she should take some time. But I also, like, and, and that's the thing is, you know, when, when Dylan came in the room when I was watching this, and I was talking to him about how, like, I didn't really take notes, and I, like, knew what my problems were before I started watching, he was like, let me guess. And one of the problems he guessed was uh, the girl is a prize. And I was very much disagreeing with him. And I, I did want to argue with him about it, but we were running out of time because <laughs> <laughs> we had somewhere to be um, and I needed to finish my movie. But I get that. Like, I, I guess I get, you know, she's a prize. Like, he doesn't really know her or whatever. But I have some arguments against that. Right. I think, I mean, first of all, it's high school. Like, in high school, you just like people for stupid reasons. Oh, like no, it's- I get that. I get that. Um, that's just uh, his whole, his attitude throughout the entire film. It's like, he needs this to happen. I get it that you like her, but you're fucking leaving the next day. That's the point. He's leaving the next day. He's liked this girl for four years. Yeah. Her boyfriend just broke up with her. This is the, and the thing is, he's not some douchebag that was like hitting on her while she had a boyfriend, right? right. Like she had a boyfriend. And he, like, just stayed away. This is his one chance. And it's just, he just, he's wanted to tell her these things for four years. And this is the only chance he's going to get. And he wants to take it. It's, I, I don't know. I think it's sweet. And part of the thing that makes him so appealing to her is, like, I mean, he liked her. Obviously, like, it's going to be a little shallow, right? Because he liked her from when he first saw her, which really just means he thinks she's hot. But, like, he liked her before she was popular. And this is a girl who, like, has just spent four years just being Mike Dexter's girlfriend. And, like, she realizes her friends aren't really her friends. And she... She never had an identity. Nobody ever saw her as anything other than like this popular, like this vapid popular girl, right? And he, and as far as she can tell, he is the only person that saw her as anything else. Oh, I get that, Jen. <laughs> I understand all that, but I just don't think they should have got together then. That's my main problem with it. He's entitled and he gets what he wants. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, whatever. Um, everyone is after me. This one likes me for something more fine. I just think it'd be better for her character if she said, I'm not ready right now. Probably, but we're supposed to root for couples to get together at the end of movies. Ah, but Kenny and Denise get together. (laughs) They break up, but they get back together. And I think that would have been a nice curveball. If we expected Amanda and Preston to get together, but the actual couple who do are Denise and Kenny, you know? Yeah. I think that would have been different other than expected norm. I think um, she should have said, look, you're cute, whatever, but I'm not ready. Give them a wee kiss in the cheek and they're friends. I think that would have been nice. Here, Here's the thing. <laughs> Me now, 
if this is a new movie I'm watching, I'm agreeing with you. Right. But when I watch this movie, it's 16 year old me watching okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need them to be okay. <laughs> like, that's the thing is I'm, I'm the one always railing against how every movie has to have some sort of like romantic element. Yeah. And it drives me crazy, especially when you have things like hunger games where it's like, I don't need a love triangle. there, yeah. Right. And you have to understand 16 year old Jennifer has had a crush on Ethan Embry. For probably close to 10 right. years back when he was Ethan Randall. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember him. I remember him so, as Ethan Randall. <laughs> so I'm, I am definitely going to love him. And it's so funny because I was reading the trivia and I was like, surely there's no trivia. I don't know about this right. movie. But I did not know that Ethan Embry does not remember this movie very well because he was stoned <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so much so that when they had their kissing scene, Jennifer Love Hewitt gave him a bunch of breath mints. Right. Because she knew. See, that's another good reason why they shouldn't get together. <laughs> <laughs> another problem I have with Preston is, at the end he says maybe it was a hero's trial. I'm like, fuck off, you entitled, obsessed twat. I mean, this is a, this is a guy who's going to a Kurt Vonnegut seminar right after high school. Uh, like, you know, yeah. you know, he'd probably drive you crazy listening to his Dave Matthews band. And like, talking very, like, you know he's read uh, Infinite Jest. Like, there's... He's a whole stereotype right here, and I'm glad they didn't lean into it. Because right. <laughs> he really would have been insufferable. Like, he's he's the kind of character that if, he, if they'd gone that far with it, that I would really hate him right now. Yeah. I mean, I know it's an ensemble movie, but they're trying to push Preston as a lead, but I don't see him as a lead. Oh, I do. But I just... I kind of do whatever the directors tell me to do, right? Uh, the writers and directors, and they want me to think he's the lead, so... I see Amanda as the lead, because the whole movie revolves around her. Her journey is definitely interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I love the idea that it's like, her boyfriend broke up with her, and, like, that sucks, but she's just like, it's clear she didn't know, like, how long had she even really liked him? Right. Right. Like but she's clearly been questioning shit for a while. But just like most kids in high school, you're afraid to like risk the change that comes with like dumping that guy or whatever. Like it's that's I it's something I never really paid much attention to before. And this time I was really kind of thinking about her and really paying attention to the things she was saying. Right. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was so likable. Yeah. Like her character on Party of Five oftentimes was incredibly annoying. But because of the way Jennifer Love Hewitt plays it and just the way she is, you still root for her because she just seems so sweet. Right, yeah. I do love that Preston's best friend is a girl. Like, that's not something that's not something you see a lot in teen movies uh, without the two people actually getting together. No. So I wasn't sure if this was going to be one of my problems. Um, I will say this word once and then I won't say it again. Okay. Uh, the use of the word fag. Yeah, okay. Um... I remembered when Mike tries to get Amanda back that after he's humiliated himself, that someone yells that word and everyone laughs. And it's the sort of thing where I do, you know, obviously I have a problem with the word, but it also there's something about the immaturity and the stupidity of it that I feel still works for the scene. Like I wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't think it was okay now, but like, there's something about it that wasn't as offensive to me as it would normally be. It was still offensive, but not as offensive. Yeah, I get it, because the guy shouting it is, you know, clearly a dick. Well, and, and the thing is, like, and this is something Dylan and I have talked about 
I probably like every time we've watched this movie <laughs> in the past like 15 years that like we've talked about this and when it's used in a way where it's like when certain bad things are said by people who like aren't supposed to be good um or whatever like is that different from just like any other use of it right yes but then at the beginning Kenny is showing his friends his creepy backpack and when his friend sees the candle he uses that word against him and i'm like oh this is just a thing that's said in the movie and then the stuff with the pictures at the end with with mike and william and it's supposed to be like that that's so horrible <laughs> like these pictures of these two guys together in their underwear and so basically my second problem is just the homophobia uh it's definitely not as bad as a lot of 90s movies, but I do remember I saw this with a group of friends and my friend Emily was there and, and she's a lesbian. And when we got out of the movie, like half of us liked it and half of us didn't. She was one of the people that just like really hated it. Right. And she seemed like really pissed about it. And I didn't quite understand why. But watching it now, I totally get it. Like, I'm sure the first use of that word, she was out. And I feel bad that I argued with her because, you know, I was I was like a typical teen. If you like something and others don't, you're offended because they clearly clearly they're targeting you. Yeah, some adults still think that way just now. No, they do. They do. But it's one of those things that like is pretty universal with kids at some point. Sometimes they get rid of it earlier than that. But like at some point in your youth, you were probably that person. Like most people were probably that person. And I definitely was probably very rude to her. And I feel bad. It's, it is the homophobia and this bothers me. And obviously like you couldn't get away with that now. I'm quite surprised it got away with it in the PG-13 version. Oh, they didn't care. They dumped out the word dick. Yeah, but they don't, they didn't care about homophobia. Right. Like, that's the thing. And I don't even know why they would get rid of the word dick. Like, they even got their one um, usage of fuck in there. Yeah, towards the end. Denise says it, doesn't she? Yeah, she says it's in her last scene with Preston. I actually think it's suitable that it's Denise that says it. Yeah. Um, my second problem is Kenny Fisher. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with the cultural appropriation because the movie is constantly telling us that he's wrong to do it. It's not as though he's telling us that, uh, that the movie's telling us it's a cool thing to do. Um, that doesn't really bother me as much. My problem is this. He and Denise are stuck in the bathroom. He doesn't wash his hands? He pees and doesn't wash his hands. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I bet that's going to be one of the problems. I hate it. I hate it, Jen. <laughs> and he's got his hands all, all over her face when they're kissing. And, and I do remember, I don't remember exactly what they said, but I do remember there being an entire debate about this on the commentary. Right. <laughs> like, the people would come up to them on the street and say that they had a problem with that. And it was so funny. Like, I remember watching it. I didn't notice it. I do not notice things like that, <laughs> usually. Or I didn't at the time. Yeah. I'm not a very observant person. Yeah. Um, but now I, like, ever since I listened to the commentary, I can't not see it. And it, and now while we're dealing with the pandemic, it's really driving me crazy. I know. I mean, it's always bothered me. If I'm in a public bathroom, which I haven't been in quite some time, obviously, (laughs) if there's a guy who has peed 
and he doesn't wash his hands and he walks right out the door and I want to shout, hey, wash your hands. And then he might come back and smack me in the face. And since he hasn't washed his hands, I don't want any contact <laughs> with my face. So it's probably best not to shout at him. But yeah, it's disgusting. Always wash your hands, folks. <laughs> the, I, I do want to talk about, uh, even though you said it wasn't part of your problem, mm. the, uh, the, the stuff with Kenny and his friends mm. that like, that is a thing that I think that if you were younger and you watched it now for the first time, like if you were a current youth watching it, that might be more offensive. Yeah. But that was a thing in the 90s. Oh, yeah. There is a word for that type of white person that I'm not going to say. <laughs> but there is a word that was used. It rhymes with another word that we're not going to say. Like a big thing with high school movies, especially something like this. They usually try to represent the different kind of stereotypes in high school, like your jocks, your cheerleaders, your nerds, your weirdos, like all all the breakfast club shit. Right. And in the 90s, this was a thing. These white boys who tried really hard to act like they were black, who, you know, listen to rap music like they felt like they could get away with things just like these boys do in this movie where they say the n-word um which i'm really glad kenny was not in that scene yeah (laughs) and so it's it is it's this weird thing that like people don't talk about as much but it i i knew these guys in high school you know yeah i'm glad we didn't have that many in scotland um Happy to say that. <laughs> it's just really interesting to me, like, to kind of think of, like, I'm curious how, like, a teen now would watch this movie. Because there's a lot of stuff in the movie that is offensive. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, the way it played at the time, it's not even as much, oh, times have changed and we didn't know that this was bad. It was like, no, this is, we knew it was bad, but this was, like, more normal. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, no, you know I, what I'm saying? I, I'm good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to excuse it. It's just like there's a way th- things are said mm-hmm. where it's like showing bad traits in a character or yeah. something as opposed to just them presenting it as if it's okay. And uh, Kenny, it, it could be much worse. I mean, like I said, excuse Kenny. I mean, I think that's satire. It's the movie taking the piss out of those type of people. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's it's doing it to show that it's a ridiculous thing to do. Well, and there's that scene with Denise in the bathroom where it's like, it's clear this is... it's So much of the movie seems to be like, when you're a teen, identity is so important. Mm-hmm. But like you could end up just choosing an identity that isn't really you, but you got to do whatever you can to get by. Cause like Denise is the one character. I mean, Preston is too, but like he's a guy so you can get away with it more. Like Denise is the one character who seems like she's just like truly being herself and leaning into who she is. And people don't know her. True. (laughs) Everyone knows Preston. Everyone loves Preston, but um, I don't know why. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> okay, he does. All right, okay. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from, <laughs> but I also think he seems like he's probably just like a pretty nice guy. Yeah. And like everybody has such nice things to say about him. Like this is a guy who like I'm hoping he's not the kind of night you know, quote unquote, nice guy that says, I never get the girl because nice guys finish last or whatever. Because anybody who says that is not a nice guy. But I think, I think he's a nice guy. <laughs> I, I I don't know why I'm so defensive of him, but I am. Well, you know, you love the film, and you used to have a crush on Ethan Randall stroke Embrace, so... Maybe I still do. This is true. 
Just because I don't watch his current work doesn't mean I don't still love him. <laughs> we all have different tastes in music. Some of us like hip-hop, some of us like Vaporwave. So shouldn't we all be able to have different wireless options too? Because while one person might need unlimited, shared data might work better for someone else. And other people could be into having a mix of each, all in one plan. But that's their way, exactly the way they want it. It's your wireless, your rules, only with Xfinity Mobile. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Requires post-pay Xfinity Internet. Well, my third problem was, at the very, very end, um, the UFO part. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that can fuck right off. I hate it when movies do that. hate it. I hate that, yeah. too. Especially um, those that are set in reality, um, like all the way through. And then this happens. I didn't even think to write that down as a problem. <laughs> like I just, I just know when that part came on, I just turned to Dylan. and I was like, I hate this. And then I turned the movie off. <laughs> um, I was done with it at that point. But it's so funny because I was like, I figured I should do my uh, third problem mm. next. But I was like, mine will be last, so he should go, and you went. <laughs> And yours was actually after mine, and I didn't think about the fact that there could be a problem after mine. Right, okay. <laughs> you know what my problem is. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it a little differently. Like, I remembered that when he's at the train station at the end that he had a suitcase. And this time it was even worse, because he didn't have a suitcase. He had three bags. <laughs> he had three bags. He walks away from Amanda, because yep. he's got to go to his Kurt Vonnegut thing. Yep. And then he rightly, because what an idiot, just walking away, your dream girl. Yeah is there and you anyway <laughs> so he does the smart thing and turns around to go after her it's great and romantic and he decides to take a later train he has left his bags behind <laughs> his bags are just sitting there and this bothered me even in a pre-9-11 yeah. world like because it's it bothers me even more these days um, and yeah. because you could be labeled a terrorist <laughs> I'm sure even at a bus station. Um, Possibly. But he he just leaves the bags sitting there. And I'm just like, you can't run with the bags. <laughs> like, why can't? It's, it drives me crazy. I hate that. I hate that in movies. When people leave their, their suitcases or their purses or whatever sitting somewhere and go somewhere else. Like, if they do that, I'm going to be thinking about it the whole scene. And if I don't see them going back to, you know, their their bag... I get real pissed because sometimes someone like run after someone and then they walk off together and I'm like, bitch, you left your purse at the table. I cannot handle it at all. Yeah. I remember you tell me this um, before. And when I was watching it, I thought, oh, it can't be that bad because you said it was the, the only the one suitcase. Yeah. But when he had a few bags, I was like, oh dear, this is bad. It's worse. Um, it's not as annoying as a UFO though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just nonsensical. Yeah. But at least at least that is a scene that comes after we've seen some credits. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like those kind of scenes, unless it's like a Marvel movie, they don't really count. Yeah. And actually, there is one scene like that in a Marvel movie that really pisses me off <laughs> that it exists. Right. Um, but I, those seem so disconnected from the movie. It makes me feel a little better. I think that's why it didn't occur to me for like that to be my big pro- one of my yeah. big problems. Can I also, I just thought of this, mm-hmm. can I add a blanket problem, not just for this movie, but all teen movies and teen shows? Of course. So a lot of teen movies are, you know, very much about, like, the end of senior year and the change that's about to happen. Um, same thing with, like, you know, the end of a season of a of a teen show. Yeah. 
um, like a traditional network show that ends in May. They act as though now that school is over, everyone has moved on and everything's done. Yeah. They talk about their, like, it always sounds like they're never going to see each other again. They have like three months until college starts. Like at least the stuff with Preston, like the urgency of giving that letter to Amanda, like that makes sense because he's about to go to this summer program thing. But like, it just drives me crazy in these things when it's like, they have the whole summer. Yeah. (laughs) You live in the same town. Yeah. Like, or you're going to you're see, each, see yeah. each other. It's it, it just it's something that bothers mm-hmm. me, and I I had to say it. Oh, that's fair enough. Right. Um. So, do you want to see your your um, positive first? So my my positive is essentially uh. I mean, the statement is the same as my first problem, where I said my problem was the whole movie. Right. Uh, my positive thing is the whole movie because I really love this movie. I guess if I have to say something more specific, it's the music. And I'm pissed they didn't put out multiple soundtracks because that was a thing in the 90s where like, you know, the Dazed and Confused soundtrack did really well. So they put out a second. There's so much good music in this. Yeah. Um, they did that with Dirty Dancing as well. Really? Yeah, uh, Dirty Dancing and more Dirty Dancing. I love the soundtrack. And I also love that, like, I wanted to go listen to some of the music earlier and I was too lazy to go get my CD. Or really, I just want to listen to it on my phone. And I went to, I used the Amazon Music app, and I just looked up Can't Hardly Wait. Like, I was just going to listen to the song, but it brought up the option for the soundtrack, and every single, like, the entire soundtrack was there. And that is a rarity, because all these songs are owned by different labels. And so if you look up a soundtrack on that app, usually maybe, like, uh, if it's there at all, a few songs are available. Because they just don't have the streaming rights to everything. Right. And this was the rare soundtrack from my high school years that I've actually been able to listen to on that right, app. Yeah. So I was I was very excited about that. But yeah, this whole I just love this movie. It makes me so happy. Yeah, and it's good um, that you can love a movie and still come up with a couple of problems with it. There would be people who say there are no problems with this movie. It's perfect. This is a podcast I could not have done as a teen. I I refused to see the bad in like any movie I liked, and. Even if I did, like, I would push it to the back of my brain. Like, I just didn't want, like, I, I was aware that I was, like, actively ignoring things. <laughs> like, it wasn't even that I didn't notice them. But, and I remember I had a friend who wanted me to write movie reviews for his website. And this is, like, 2000. And so one day I'm at work at the video store, and I it's slow. So I pop in, uh, she's all that. And I'm like, I'm going to practice writing a review to see if this is something I might want to do. And I, in looking at it critically, this movie I love. I was looking at it critically for the first time and I realized it was a piece of shit. <laughs> and that's when I decided I didn't want to write reviews because <laughs> there is a difference in how you watch something like when you're watching it for pleasure and when you're watching it to review it. Yeah. And I prefer to just enjoy my shitty movies. <laughs> well, you're on the wrong podcast then. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I can do it now. I yeah. can do it now, and I, I can, and I yeah. consider it like a bad thing if you can't acknowledge yeah. bad things about the movies. Like, um, I will defend American Beauty all day, but there's some big problems there, and not oh, yeah. just with like what we know about Kevin Spacey now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I, I feel proud of the fact that I've <laughs> finally grown enough that I can, I can admit these things. No, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, my positive is this, and it's four words. Denise is the best. <laughs> there you go. Denise is the best character in the movie. Well, for me, she's the most relatable, because it's yep. like, she doesn't want to... 
I, I was very much like that where like I didn't or I still am, I guess, where like I don't want to go to certain events um, because I don't want to have to be social yeah. <laughs> and I feel out of place. But I also do kind of want to be there. <laughs> like you can tell she does kind of want to go. Yeah. Um, and she's also going to be supportive of her friend, even though she thinks the whole thing is stupid. And um, like she's a really, really good friend to Preston. And I love that she's like willing to confront uh Kenny about the stuff that's clearly been bothering her for years. Yeah. And and I like her outfit. <laughs> she's great. Uh, she's really good. I think Lauren Ambrose gives the best performance as well. Well, and she was so great because, like, you know, most of the people in this movie at that time, you know, you'd seen them in something else, right? Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, like, she came out of nowhere for this movie. And she was very, it was very refreshing. Like, when you see the same teens in all the movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was really interesting to just see this new person that I just thought was so cool. Like, I thought she was someone that I could hang out with and, like, watch Daria with. Yeah. I'd uh, like to have had a friend like Denise as a teen. I think I'd get on with her. Um, maybe because I may have been an entitled, obsessive douchebag like Preston when I was a teenager. <laughs> Do you hate him because you see yourself in him? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Yeah, uh, possibly. So basically, me defending him is me saying nice things about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Thanks. <laughs> Did you know that Jennifer Love Hewitt wants to do a sequel to this? Really? Yeah, she's developing it and she wants to direct it herself. Oh, okay. It's going to be about a reunion. They'd have to do it soon because the 20th reunion would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah. So um, they would either have to pretend it's a couple of years ago or do a 25th reunion. Yeah, I'd like to see in the sequel that adult Mike realised that he was gay and he and William get married. <laughs> but Preston and Amanda are not married because fuck that relationship. Anyway. I, okay, I like to think this is my head canon. Okay, I like to think <laughs> that they dated a little, like maybe they made it a little into their college careers, and then yeah. they realized they couldn't do long distance or whatever. And then maybe they got together in their mid twenties and were together for a while. And that even though they didn't get married and didn't have that, like, long-term happy ending, that their relationship was, for the most part, very good. Yeah, it's right to think they're still friends. Yeah, I... The thing is, is it used to be, you know, I was like every other rube, where, like, I would watch romantic comedies and stuff, and, you know, the movie ends, and you're just like, well, they lived happily ever after and got married and had, like, you know, 2.5 kids or whatever. And now, I just like the idea... Like, I'm just happy with the idea that people had a mostly successful relationship. Yeah. Oh, fun fact, Jenna Elfman is the only adult in this movie. Uh, like, every, it's all teens. She uh, is the lone adult in this movie. Apart from the DJ, but you don't see him. Oh, well, I didn't think about the DJ. Yeah, uh, he's the only adult that you see. Yeah, and this yeah. is... Oh, no, wait, the cops! Oh, fuck. Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. I forgot about the cops. Damn it. Well, we don't see them, but we have to assume that the aliens are also the adults. No, no, we don't have to assume that, you know? Maybe they send their teenagers out. Yeah, let's say that. Maybe it's teenagers out for a joyride in their UFO, yeah. and they're not even supposed to be out. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have time for. <laughs> if you'd like to send us a wee message, send it to contact at shiftybench.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at DropThePilotPod. 
Where can the people find you, Jen? Uh, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Right, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.